Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. study on talk show. Glad to have you folks there tonight. Appreciate you taking the time to join us. How you doing, Brother David? I'm doing good, Pastor Don. Looking forward to tonight. Good deal, brother. Amen. And I'm I'm sure you done told me that the hockey went okay, so that's good too. (laughs) (laughs) That's good too. Anyway, folks, tonight we're going to be in Job chapter 33. Tonight, we'll get into Elihu, more of Elihu's discourse, and then we he, he entered the picture in the last program we had in the book of Job. In chapter 32, Elihu comes on the stage. He's been sitting back, listening to everything going on between uh, Job's three quote-unquote comforters and Job, and we're going to see... As we continue on from chapter, he entered in chapter 32, and we're in 33 tonight, that Elihu has the longest discourse of anyone. 
And we're going to see how firm he handles Job and the truth that he brings out. There's going to be a lot of truths with an S on the end of it, plural, that we see in his discourse that a lot of people don't talk about, especially here in chapter 3. We're going to run across one of them. I brought it to uh, your attention before, those of you that have been with me the whole time. And um, you're going to find out as we continue on after these six chapters of Elihu's discourse, when God comes in and starts taking names and kicking butt, that Elihu does not get rebuked. Elihu in this position, if you look at the overall book of Job, all 42 chapters, and you see what's been going down, the discourse that's been taking place, Elihu is an, kind of an, an analogy, or he's kind, I'm, he's kind of analogous over the picture of the whole Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus Christ, God the Father, you know, the, the tempter, the adversary, the demons say, Elihu's kind of an analogous figure like John the Baptist stood in between the Old Testament and the New Testament and the, the grace and law and between the, the, the conversion and the overlap from the Old Testament to the New Covenant. That's he's analogous in that type. Not perfect, but if you if you study and overlook and look at the whole book and you know the book from you know the, the from Job one to Job forty two and know how it goes down, you see this kind of stuff. But the rest of the book it stick it jumps out at you. Okay? And that's what Elihu is. Especially because he gets no rebuke and never mentioned by the Lord as far as having done Job wrong. But Job's going to bring a lot of stuff to light. A lot of stuff to light. Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Certainly I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you again tonight, and we give thanks for your book. We pray that the book of Job be unveiled to us in deeper ways tonight, that your Holy Spirit would teach us, that you would use Pastor Don, and as he speaks, that the Holy Spirit would bring remembrance to us of things and highlight certain areas or words that are being spoken in the book of Job to bring about correction in us and bring about encouragement in us. And Lord, I pray for a special blessing on all those people that are in the chat room tonight that come and either nightly or very often that they come and they join in and listen live, I pray for those people that they would be blessed in a special way this evening. Yes, Father. And I pray that downloaders would learn and be moved on by the Holy Spirit according to your will and according to your plans and purposes, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray that your white nations of the earth, your yes, people, Lord. the people of Israel, would repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and long to live separate, holy, and righteous lives, separate and apart from the heathen of the world, Lord, and being lights on a hill, being able to show forth the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and from that position of strength, helping them to understand who the Lord is. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen. Okay, before we 
start out in here in Job chapter 33. Let me say something that may shock some of you people. Okay, I think yeah, some there. I think there's a little misunderstanding among some of the brethren about my talk with the, the way I deal with the law in contrast to the way they deal with the law. All right, and let me make something clear to you right now. If I had my way, let's just take, let's say Brother Don, God forbid, was was to be a lawmaker here in this country. You know what I would do? I would put the Ten Commandments over the door of every public school in America. I would have the Ten Commandments in a bold, a bold, broad area over every community center, in every city council chamber, in every courthouse, outside the gates of every sports stadium in America. See, at one time, the law, the Ten Commandments, I'm talking about the Ten Commandments, okay? We're in every, we're in every school, especially down south, see? That's why you're... you're uh, that's why down south is still true to the book as a general. I said as a general rule, and I'm talking about down rural south. I'm not talking about Hotlanta, okay, or Biloxi, or New Orleans, okay, or Mobile, or Jacksonville, Florida, or Tala. I'm not talking about city. I'm talking about rural. The word of God still honored as a general rule. But that's what I would do. All this antinomianism stuff. See, they if they put the law in the right place, it's holy, just, and good. That's what Paul said about it. See, it'd be you got your ignorant, braying jackasses like I talked about last night that stick it out there because they don't understand the new covenant, don't understand the book, don't understand what the Pauline epistles. They just don't understand it. You don't under you can't understand it without the Spirit of God dwelling in you, number one. It's easy to understand thou shalt not kill, anybody can get that. Thou shalt not commit adultery, anybody can get that. See, the tough thing comes, the tough part comes is when you think it in your mind and in your heart, and that's just as big, just as bad or worse than the, the actual act, see. The law was given as a schoolmaster. Therefore, if it was public like it should be, it would do its job. It would it would convict because that's what it's supposed to do. Take a limb and beat you toward the cross to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or as Paul says, was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. There's no anti-law here on this program, folks. It's the way it's taught. When you go streaming law, law, and all the ordinances, and all now that's a different ball game, okay? When you get into the feast days and the ordinances and all that stuff, that's totally different, okay? They're history for the time being. But the Ten Commandments, the laws, see, the law's written in your heart in the New Covenant. It's put in, you know why the law is put in your heart? 
and, and I'm, now I want you just to stop and think. I'm, I'm going to probably go a little bit, bit deeper than some folks will understand what I'm fixing to say, but some of you will get it. You know why? You know why the Lord put the law in your heart. Do you know? Because He says in the Old Covenant that it had to be kept. Every jot and tittle had to be kept. And when the only person that ever kept the law was the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ in you, the hope of glory. The law is written in your heart because it was kept by you in the person of Jesus Christ. See, if you followed the teaching, we last time Brother David was with us, we went over this stuff in Galatians. I know Brother David understands it, but I'm wanting you to get it. Because if somebody approaches you with all this law stuff, and you don't understand the correct application of it, you will get mixed up. That how you explained the law being written upon our hearts, that was mm -hmm. new to me. I'd never heard it expressed that way before. I, you know, I knew it was, but that it's actually Christ that Absolutely. the representative of the fulfillment of the law. That's why it's written on your heart. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, correct. And the reason is that, folks, because the Word of God cannot be broken. If the Lord says it's got to be kept, He's not whistling, he's not whistling Yankee Doodle Dandy, okay? He meant it. He doesn't lie. That's the reason that Christ fulfilled the law is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when God looks at us, I've explained this to you before, he sees his son and he sees the total fulfillment of the law in each one that has Christ dwelling in him. That's why the law is written in your heart. Now, if I, like I said, if I had my way, it'd be right in front of you everywhere you went. Before you, before any city gave out liquor license, I'd make them sign a piece of paper to where they had to put the Ten Commandments on the wall on all four corners of the store. And outside of every bar, before they'd ever get any license to operate, I'd have the Ten Commandments on all four walls and outside the door where they came in. I wonder, I just wonder, see, because the law's a tool, see. It was given by God. It's a schoolmaster. You know what the schoolmaster does? What does the schoolmaster do, Brother David? Well, he's a, a tutor that trains, and uh, when he trained... Back in those days, he used uh, like a long stick to wrap you in that's, the knuckles. That's exactly the right. He beats, you to, he beats you in a certain direction, okay? Yeah. <laughs> to let you know that you are hopeless. He gives you an F on your life report card, and to get an A, the A lies in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the perfection. You can't attain it on your own. Okay, and it's and this is another thing. Turn to Jeremiah, brother, real quick. Flip over to Jeremiah chapter seventeen and verse nine while I'm talking for just a second. Okay, I want to show you guys something. I hadn't told you this before. I'm gonna tell you now. Show you now. You got these people out here 
screaming long. They have no clue about what I'm fixing to say, okay? They have, the ones that, that absolutely reject regeneration and reject the gospel message, that, that the, 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 uh, the Israel bunch in uh, Ezekiel 40 through 48, and I'll bring this up again when we go through it and show you the difference, okay? There's an organ inside your body that houses your feelings, okay? And when I say that, I'm speaking in an ethereal type way. In other words, it doesn't come from the blood pumping organ, but it's called your heart, okay? Every natural man's problem is what Brother David is fixing to read to you right now. Now I want to explain to you how the Father gets around it in the New Covenant. Read that, verse 17, verse 9 in Jeremiah, Brother David. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Okay, before you take the lighter side of that, folks, Brother David, click on your, uh, click there in Strong's Concordance sure. and see what that word desperately wicked, those combination of words, what it means. I mean, I want him to read this to you so you don't think I'm making it up, folks. It's, I'll, tell, I'll go ahead and tell you and then let him read you the meanings of what that, that, that uh, compilation of words mean. It means incurable. Do you hear that? Incurable in the, the Hebrew. All right. Sick and incurable. Yes. Is that what it means, Brother David? Yes, it, it's a primitive root to be frail, feeble, or figuratively melancholy, desperately wicked, incurable, Sick, woeful. Okay, now let me tell you something. There is not one verse of Scripture, not even an emanation in Scripture from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 that says that your heart gets fixed. Did you know that? Oh, he's got a good heart. No, he don't. Nobody does. You know what God's answer to that was? He gives you a new heart, a spiritual heart. Because there's not one verse that has any emanations or even suggests that he takes the old heart and cleans it up. You won't get that from none of the lawyers either. You have to have a new heart. That's what it means in the New Testament when it says, if any man be in Christ, behold, all, thing, all, all things old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Okay? You're a new creature in Christ. Not a new creation, a new creature. Contrary to all the other perversions. You're given a new heart. The old one goes back to the dirt because of sin. That's the difference. That's the reason the old man, you can't fix it up. You can't pamper it. You can't make it do the golden rule. You can't do the golden rule and it get better because it's incurable. The flesh is incurable. It will sin until you take the last breath. It will fight to stay alive. It knows nothing but itself. 
and without a new heart, everything will have ulterior motives. The bottom line, as Paul says in in Romans, that every man looks after his own self. In the end, every man, it's an I complex. It's a me complex. You hear me screaming about that all the time. That's why the fruits of the Spirit dictate that the new heart's been, shows that the new heart's been given in the regeneration and starts performing these works which the old heart would never do. It would finagle around with a grin on its face, metaphorically speaking, and in the back of the in the back of that heart's mind, it would have its own self-interest at heart. You see what I'm saying? There's not one verse of scripture that says God changes your heart. That says He give, that that says He fixes up the old heart. He gives you a new one. That's why regeneration is a necessity. So anybody that flocks in here that listens to the braying jackasses that don't that have that don't ever cover that, you better listen to what I'm saying. I'm not telling you a lie, I'm telling you the truth. If you never heard it before, you need to go back and listen to some of the programs. Okay? Anyway. It's interesting, Pastor Don, that you know, these are supposed to be people who study the Bible and one chap even wrote his own Bible, you know, by <laughs> translating the original Hebrew. That's called, by, by, it's called the Bildad version. <laughs> Go ahead, <Yeah>. brother. <laughs> Bildad, the terribles version. Yeah, yeah. The terrible yeah. version, actually. But uh, Acts 15.5, they went through all this already. Of course. I mean, it, it, I'll read that verse. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Amen. I, I mean, they had a council. They worked it all out. I mean, it was we've, we've went there. We've went there so many times, oh, brother. I, we ha- I mean, we just keep, we go back and, the, and still, instead of listening with a pliable heart and understanding and learning, you got the diehard, bless their heart, and I speak charitably, idiots that refuse because it's about, I don't believe that. I, 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 I. Listen, why don't you listen to the Spirit of God? Why don't you believe his book? Go there and read it one more time, Brother David. The apostles, the ones that walked arm in arm with the Lord Jesus Christ, tell you there in Acts, they didn't even keep none of the stuff. They didn't keep it. They're guilty. How did they get in? By the blood of Christ. This is so simple, folks. (laughs) Go read it, Brother David. Let them hear it again. One more time. Acts 15.5. Now, this, if you study this council, the decisions that were made, we don't need to go all over again. You guys can do that. I mean, tunnel vision will deceive you. If uh, you've already got made up in your mind that you can only see it one way and it that you've got to make the word say what you already think it says. Regardless of what it says, then the scriptures aren't going to be any good to you. Amen, brother. Because you got to listen and hear it God's way Amen. and ask him with a pliable, open heart to speak to you, 
Now, if you do, here it is, Acts 15:5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. In verse 6, and the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And if you go back, you can read the decision. It's quite well, clear. Keep, keep on reading it, brother, because okay. it, it gets straight to the point. Go ahead. Keep on reading it. Verse 7. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return, and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is this, that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them, that they abstain from pollutions of idols, and from fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, forasmuch as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, subverting your souls, subverting your Amen, souls. Amen, brother. Amen. 
saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law. You see, those, we gave, you see those two things? Circumcised and keep the law. And keep, 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 keep. In other words, do, 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 do. Go ahead, brother. And keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare ye well. Amen. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Amen. Okay, but let me let me give you the the very the, let me give you in plainer words when he talks about the law what James was talking about. Okay, turn to Colossians yeah. two real quick, brother, and read okay. the last six verses in Colossians chapter two. The la- or start at verse fifteen. Okay. Colossians two verse fifteen, and having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of any holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are shadows of things to come. Okay, that's good enough. That And they're, they're going to come back, folks, and we're going to deal with that Friday night. Don't let nobody judge you with this. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. You had a bunch of self-righteous folks, and I say self, quote-unquote self-righteous folks, all the way back in Acts, doing just what Brother David said, and it's no different today. That's what you've got out there among our persuasion. A bunch of self-righteous, puffed-up, braying jackasses, okay, Hollering law, law, law when they don't even know nothing about the law and they don't keep it themselves. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm t- I'm so sick of it. I-, I wished I wished that one of them would come on this program. The gutless and come on this program, okay? And try to show me with the scripture where I'm wrong, and where the Word of God's wrong, okay? They're not going to do it. I can assure you, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. People want to be different, want to be, want to shine like a little, like a, a false jewel, like cubic zirconium, okay? You guys are the real diamonds, Okay? If the Spirit of God dwells in you, you're the real diamonds. You're not the fake. You believe the book, you're not the fake. You hold the book above His very name, 
you're the real deal. Now, if you don't, there's problems. There's problems. You love me, the Lord said. You keep my words. Plural. Amen. Plural. Back to let's go back to Job, brother. Job chapter thirty-three. Get into some other stuff on a little bit lighter note. Okay, verse Job chapter thirty-three, verse one. Should I start? Just a second. Let me get there myself, brother. I'm not there okay. yet. Da di da di da di da. Psalms, Job. Here we go. Go ahead, brother. Wherefore, Job, I pray thee, hear my speeches and hearken to all my words. Behold, now I have opened my mouth, my tongue hath spoken in my mouth. My words shall be of the uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge. Clearly, you know, this, this amazing. This is amazing. This young guy, Elihu. He's he's been going fixing to be firm and bring out the thoughts about this whole stuff about all these other chapters previously with all these guys. Okay, that's what he's fixing to do. Verse four, brother. The spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. If thou canst answer me, set thy words in order before me. Stand up. Behold, I am a. I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I also am formed out of the clay. Yeah, for see, see those, see that right there. Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. Remember what I said a while ago about standing an in between, kind of like an advocate. The analogous typology of John the Baptist in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Anyway, keep on, brother. That's good. Mm -hmm. Behold, my terror shall not make thee afraid, neither shall my hand be heavy upon thee. Surely thou hast spoken in mine hearing, and I have heard the voice of thy words. Elihu is Elihu's saying he's not going to be hard on Job, but he's just going to tell the truth, and if, it, if the truth hurts, you ought to listen to it. And that's what he's going to come forth with is the truth. Go ahead, brother. I am clean without transgression. I am innocent. Neither is there iniquity in me. Now, they, he's quite, he's saying what Job said about himself. He's not saying that about himself, okay? Go ahead, brother. Behold, he findeth occasions against me. He counteth me for his enemy. He putteth my feet in stocks. He marketh all my paths. Behold, in this thou art not just. See, there he was talking about Job, not himself. If you didn't pay close attention, you might have missed it. Go ahead, brother. Behold, in this thou art not just. I will answer thee that God is greater than man. Why dost thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Okay. In a dream. God speak once, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Man, you a lot of folks out there are not going to have any excuses come judgment day. Especially the ones that hear it over and over and over again and reject his word. 
and man perceiveth it not. Brother Elihu says. And it says up here, and God is uh, does not give an account of his matters. Well, at the, at the time that Elihu makes this statement, there is no canonized scripture. This is the this is probably the first book ever written. The are the one, only the one we have a copy of, the oldest book in the world. After the canonized scripture, you have an account of the way God deals with His creation. Complete account, outside of some things that God reserves to Himself. He tells you that in Isaiah chapter 55. Continue, brother. Verse 15. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed. Okay, this is a fantastic truth, folks. I brought you to this before, and and I don't know if the Lord is continuing this with a with a with the with the spiritual circumcision now and the new creature in Christ under the new covenant I'm not sure I don't know I know he dealt under the old covenant differently than he deals in the new covenant because there's so many great and precious promises and actions that he does in the new covenant that he did not do in the old that when that that's the reason when I'm spitting and slobbering about spiritual circumcision, about the natural man versus the spiritual man, about all that stuff, it's so important that you get that because none of that stuff took place in the old covenant under the old covenant, and none of it did. Not none of it. There's something new added now. You're a new creature in Christ. There was nobody in the old covenant, new creature in anything. That's the reason they didn't go to heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom. It's the reason when you call that a parable and throw that in the ditch like the the Bray and Jackasses do, you lose the connection. You lose the cross-references. You lose the understanding of what the scriptures are saying. The soul, all through the Old Testament, you hear, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. If a man touch this, he'll be unclean seven days. Or if a man, he needs to go and wash himself seven times. Because when a man sinned in the Old Covenant, it affected his soul. You get rid of the truth about the body, the soul, and the spirit, and just try to make it body and spirit, there you go again. You've lost the cross-references. You can't reconcile what the Lord's trying to tell you. See, you mess with his book, he'll mess with your mind. I deal with people even on the telephone, and I love them, okay? The Lord's mess with their mind because they're spewing around, claiming this is not the Bible, that's not. They've totally lost it. They've totally, they don't have the references. They don't understand. They'll never understand. They don't take God for his word. They don't take God that he'll preserve his word. Like I ranted about last night for so long. Not going to do it again tonight. That's just the way it is. The proof is in the fruit. 
The proof is not in the manuscripts, folks. The proof is in the fruit. Not my opinion. The proof is in the fruit. How do you like your society today? <laughs> How do you like it? How do you like your moral standings today? How do you like the invasions into your country today? Huh? You turn your back on the Father in His book that He gave to you when all the blessings came, when all the great stuff took place. <laughs> People can't stand that out there. They can't stand it. But you can't argue with the fruit. You got 15 million different versions now. How do you like your fruit? How do you like your girls marrying niggers, huh? How do you like that? How do you like your righteousness today? How do you like it? No, you want to blame somebody else instead of blaming where the real problem's at, see? You turn your back on the Lord, he'll turn his back on you. And you may even be his son. But whom he loves, he's going to chasten his courage. I ain't going and reading that again. I'm just telling you, folks. That's how important it is. You can't. You you lose all connection. See, the the strength. This the, I want to. Let me just stop just a second, brother David. You're right here. Just a second. Let me explain something, folks. Sure. Nothing about this, nothing about what I teach is strange. It's strange to the ones that screwed with the book. It's it's strange to the one that got 15 different, I like this or I like, that's who it's strange to. It's not strange to the Bible-believing Christian. It's not strange. Now, if you're fresh and just hadn't never heard some of it and hadn't had took the time to study it, it may be strange for it might be you might not understand it, but it, you won't have the same kind of animosity that the Bible rejectors have. Okay, you won't be sipping tea saying that's not in the book. That's the wrong manuscript. This shouldn't be there. That was done by the Jews. This is a wrong translation. This is that. And take another sip of tea. <laughs> this is that. This is that's the wrong. It should be this. It should be that. Well, in the book of, of the the book of Enoch, or in or in uh, the book of Barnabas, or all that BS. They want to jump somewhere else instead of letting the Spirit of God be the teacher and put themselves in the book and let the Spirit of God show them the truth. Why? Because some man told him there was a problem. I've told you this ad nauseum in the past. It's a man that tells you something's wrong with that book. The Spirit of God ain't never told you that. And you're a bald-faced liar if you said he did. It's some man that told you and God is no respect of persons, folks. 
you sure wouldn't the Spirit of God. You that are regenerated and the Spirit of God dwells in you and the Lord Jesus Christ is in you, the hope of glory, some man had to come along and plant that seed of doubt in your mind just like Satan planted the seed of doubt in your old mama all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when he questioned God's word. My, 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 God, it starts off in the book telling you what you got to watch out for, and some people just suck the lies up like it's Kool-Aid, thinking they're smart. Don't pun, don't try to put on no false humility. I'm not me. <laughs> God knows your heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on your heart. Okay? Continue on, Brother David, here in Job. Job thirty three sixteen. Then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. He openeth the ears of man and sealeth their instruction. You're going to see down watch the what he sealeth their instruction. What I thought see, this is the way the Lord did it when there was no instruction manual. See, that's the reason I went on that little rant. For you to understand the difference. In the get the context of what's going on here. That's the reason I was careful to say I don't I would imagine the Lord still does this in certain circumstances my goodness he can do anything he wants to I know that but he is bound by his book there's nowhere it that it says he doesn't do it this way that I can that I'm familiar with I'm just saying there is a slight possibility that there is a phrase in Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2, that might lean to maybe the Lord still does a little bit of this today, but he does it to in the people's, in the minds of those that have never come in contact with his word. Okay? That's in Romans chapter 1 and 2. That's the only place that I know of it may lean to where he still does. He can do anything he wants to. I'm just saying, this is the way he did it. Way back yonder in Father Abraham's day. Remember how he come to Abraham in the night when Abraham was asleep and gave him, gave him the covenant about you and I? The never the, the everlasting covenant? See, it's, un, it's, a, it's an unconditional covenant when the man's asleep. You did know that, right? You, you studied the scriptures to know it's unconditional, right? Then no, you don't have to do nothing to be in that covenant. And he gave it to Abraham when he was asleep. Well, what's he talking about here? You'll find out in just a second. He gave him the instruction in the night when the guy's asleep. And what? Notice the characters that pop up. I'll bring it to your attention when we get to them. Start at verse sixteen again and continue on, brother. Then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. So the Lord's protecting. The Lord is protecting. He's giving instruction and he's protecting. Verse 19, brother. He is chastened also with pain upon his bed 
and the multitude of his bones with strong pain, so that his life abhorrent horreth bread and his soul dainty meat. Okay, he's chastened. Upon his bed. The multitude of his bones with strong pain. This is the way the Lord dealt with the folks then, his folks then. So that his life abhorreth bread, no appetite, and his soul dainty meat. Verse 21, brother. His flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not seen stick out. He lost his appetite, and he gets thinner and thinner. You ever seen anybody with cancer? You ever seen anybody withering away in bed with cancer? I'm very familiar with that scene. You ever been in a nursing home? See some of the folks there? Withering away, skin and bones, no appetite. Have to get them just to try to eat jello. Verse 22, brother. Yea, his soul draweth near unto the grave, and his life to the destroyers. This guy is withering away, he's under chastening rod, and then something happens. Verse 23, brother. If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to shew unto man his uprightness. Okay. Wow. One. Oh, by the way, folks, do you know this word messenger here? If there be a messenger. The word, the word is malach. It's angel. If there be an angel. That's what the word is, folks. It's malach. Go look it up if you think I'm lying. Don't believe me? Go look it up yourself. If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, interpreter, the language of God to the individual, I wonder if the individual knows it. But there's this is the key between those com- these commas right here. One among a thousand. So it's not to everybody that this takes place. One among a thousand. One among a thousand has an angel. One among a thousand has this interpreter. If, see, if, conditional, if there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand. Hmm. The implications of that is staggering. We're talking about the context is in Abraham's days. The historical context is in Abraham's days. You remember back in Genesis 10, I've told you ad nauseum, the Lord got just said, hey, go worship these Just go by. Change their languages. Screwed them up. They went on their merry way. You want you want the you want the the, the gods to to rule over you, little g gods. Psalms eighty two, Psalm two. Then okay, you got it. And then he goes and finds him one of his own, Father Abraham. Okay, that's where we get in. That's our father. One among a thousand. 
to show unto man, not man's righteousness, but God's righteousness. From comma to comma, you learn, you'll, the Spirit of God will show you, I'm going to say, I don't think I've ever said this before, I think I might have emanated it a few times, but I'm going to tell you something. If you will read, take you a chapter of Scripture, especially in the Gospels, and it's not so much in the, uh, in the epistles, but especially in the Gospels, and read from comma to comma, or from the beginning of the sentence to the colon, and to the semicolon, from comma to comma. If you will do that and slow down and listen, I'm not talking about listening to yourself, I'm talking about listening to the Spirit of God, if you understand what I'm talking about. You'll under, you, the Lord will start showing you more than you could possibly imagine at this present state, if you don't already do that. If you already do that, you know I'm telling you the truth. Comma to comma. Because last night, well, I spent an, over an hour on the words. See, it's the words. John six sixty three. Brother Don didn't make this up, folks. The Lord himself tells you in John six sixty three, the W-O-R-D-S, I speak to you. They are S-P-I-R-T. They are spirit. And they are L-I-F-E. They are life. See? Not context, not subject. The words. See why it's so important that they said back in Psalm 12 that he would preserve his W-O-R-D-S? See? I'm telling you folks, you've been lied to. Some of you folks have been lied to, lied to, lied to. And you've sucked it up like Kool-Aid. Some of you downloaders have sucked it up like Kool-Aid. Sounded good at the time, didn't it? <laughs> I'll get ahead of them folks. I'll just learn the Greek. Folks, I've had three years of Greek and two years of Hebrew. You learn it all you want to. <laughs> you will learn it all you want to. It's a dead language. Koine Greek's a dead language. Nobody speaks it. They didn't even speak fluent Hebrew. They didn't speak Paleo-Hebrew when the Lord was walking the earth. Why is people spending so much time there? Don't you think the Father from eternity to eternity who chose you before the foundation of the earth knew that in the end times you'd be speaking English? Don't you know that? Don't, don't you trust Him enough to understand that? Well, why wouldn't you think he would let it, let the Word of God come to you in English? Or you think he'd make you wonder about a bunch of heathens doing manuscripts and spend all your time worrying about that instead of the plain language he's got in front of you, see? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Verse 24, Brother David. Then he the is spirit, Excuse me. If the Spirit of God, folks, don't tell you... I can't tell you if I spend the next five programs on it. I'm, 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 it, uh, because if the Spirit of God can't convict you, if you can't see the fruit, if you hadn't got enough 
if you hadn't got a 76 IQ to where you can go check the fruit out and see that I'm telling you the truth, I can't do nothing for you. It has to be the Spirit of God. It has to be the Spirit of God. I, I can I can try to be the vessel, but I, I sometimes I even get bent out of shape going over it and over and over it. But I don't do it. I, that when I when I stop and rant on something, it's got nothing to do with I planned it. Okay, I want you to understand that up front. It's because I'm impressed that I need to hit on that. That's the way this stuff works. Continue, Brother David. Then he is gracious unto him, and saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. Now who is he telling who to deliver who? <laughs> who did the interpreting? Back up here in verse 23, the messenger, the angel, the Moloch, the angel. Wow. Wow. This is some good stuff. Then he is gracious unto him. And saith, saith to who? He has to be the messenger. Deliver him, him who? The one on his bed. From going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Wow. A ransom. You know what Paul said about the Lord was a ransom for many? Folks, you got there's all kind of isogetical and exegetical stuff in this in this just first twenty four verses. I'm not hitting on half of it because it don't do no good to hit on any of it if you don't believe the words. See, if you got doubts about the words, it, 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 there's no you ain't gonna get nothing. You're not gonna you'll get what you want, and that'll be it. Continue, brother, verse twenty five. His flesh shall be fresher than. A child's, he shall return to the days of his youth. Okay. If you take that word, a ransom, and you kind of see that somebody's dead and dying, they're dead in trespasses and sins, see? Then you've got an intermediary, a messenger, a malak, that does the interpreting from the Father to show him the last part of verse 23, his righteousness. Then he is gracious, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Gracious unto him, and saith, Deliver him. Deli who delivers? The messenger. Deliver him, God telling the messenger, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Or as Brother John says, it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. 33 years old. Verse 25, his flesh shall be fresher than a child. 
Wow, that's good stuff. I like that. Wow, that's good. And shall return to the days of his youth. 33. All you folks that are over 40, one of these days, you're going to get a body just like Christ. 33 and a half year old. That's the perfect age. It's not 17, 21. you got no wisdom to go along with that. Okay? You're just, you're just now getting your feet wet. And ain't fully grown, really and truly. Hormones are still whacked out. What's the perfect age? Thirty-three and a half. Thirty-three and a half. Just like Jesus Christ was at the end of his ministry. That's the perfect age. Right in there in between three score and ten. See? See what I'm saying? This is in type. That's exactly what this is. This is the first book ever written, and you can find the gospel message, and some of the reward that goes along with the gospel, the reception of the gospel, right here in Job, the first book that was ever written. If you just slow down and read it and think in context of the Spirit of God with the rest of the Scriptures, that's why it's so important that you know the book. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Verse 26. He shall pray unto God, and he will be favorable unto him. And he shall see his face with joy. For he will render unto man his righteousness. See there? All the way back in the first, we went over the righteousness of the night for two hours, the righteousness of God. And here it is in the first book it was ever written, in the English. In the English. His righteousness. Verse 27, brother. He looketh upon men, and if any say, I have sinned, and perverted that which was right, and it profited me not, he will deliver his soul from going into the pit. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. Continue, brother. And his life shall see the light. Lo, all these things worketh God oftentimes with man to bring back his soul from the pit, to be enlightened with the light of the living. Mark well, O Job, hearketh unto me. Hold thy peace, and I will speak. Okay, but let me tell you what I just done up there in those verses. That's having full knowledge of the gospel message in the scriptures with a complete canon. Did they at Job? Job didn't have a clue about this. So what I just got through making references to. Okay, you can only see this with an understanding as a new creature in Christ, having the full canon. Job didn't th- didn't think nothing about. It. He took it at face value in the black and white words for what he was saying. What I what I did was it was eisegetical teaching in those few verses up there by using the other scriptures to back it up. That's all I did. Just wanted to bring that to your attention and show you what that is and how it's done. Continue on, brother. Verse 32. If thou hast anything to say, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify thee. Okay, this is back into into the now and now, into the reality Elihu's telling Job. If thou hast anything to say, answer me. Speak, 
For I desire to justify the intermediary. For we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And every man shall give an account of himself. Okay? Oh, when we get to Daniel and do Daniel Daniel chapters, Daniel and Revelation together, I'll show you a possibility that will blow your mind that there's going to be somebody that's testifying against you and somebody that's advocating for you. Anyway, we'll get into that when we get there. Go ahead, brother. Job thirty-three, thirty-three. It's not hearkening unto me. Hold thy peace, and I shall teach thee wisdom. There's a young man that's got confidence in what he's saying, and Job ain't answering, so he says, Hearken unto me, and I will teach you wisdom. Next chapter, brother. Verse 1, Job 34, verse 1. Furthermore, Elihu answered and said, Hear my words, O ye wise men, and give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. For the ear trieth words, as the mouth tasteth meat. Huh. That is, it will, will stop. Whoa, I cannot let that one go by. Is that true with you? Do you <laughs> remember what I said from the first to the comma? For the ear trieth words. How? As the mouth tasteth meat. Wow. Man, that's good stuff. Is that how you read the book? As the mouth tasteth meat? Do you have that kind of appetite? Or do you starve to death? Man shall not live by bread alone, food, but by every word, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Spiritual food. Does it lay dusty? Your skin and bones. You're destitute. You're malnutrition. Now, how do you think you're going to understand anything about something when you're malnutrition? You're weak. You have you can't swing a sword because you don't use the sword. You know it does it stay sharp? No, it doesn't. First four, brother. Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job hath said, I am righteous, and God hath taken away my judgment. So Job justified himself rather than God. We found that out earlier. And that's exactly what Job did. That's Job's problem. Next verse, brother. Verse 6. Should I lie against my right? My wound is incurable without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinketh up scorning like water? (laughs) Go ahead, brother. That's funny which goeth in company with the workers of iniquity and walketh with wicked men. (laughs) He's slamming his friends, man. He's giving them a backhand. Go ahead, verse 9. For he hath said 
It profiteth a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness. Absolutely. He's not going to do wickedly. Far be it from God. Go ahead, brother. And from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man shall he render unto him, and cause every man to find according to his ways. Okay. What has that got to do with the New Testament, Brother Don, you might ask? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hmm. As a man speaketh in his heart, so is he. Verse 12, brother. Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Okay, let me tell you guys something. Remember when we started this old book, I told you that the, that the, error, the, the, the concept of this whole book, I'm, what I'm doing now, I'm preparing you for when the Father comes on the scene, Okay. This whole book is why do the righteous suffer? I've taught you. I've told you that. Okay, in the beginning, that's what everybody that's ever dealt with this book talk about. And I want you to. I'm going. I'm going to give you a heads up before we get to the Lord speaking. He never even mentions it. Why do the righteous suffer? You have to understand the whole book to get that concept out of it. God doesn't even address the subject. Because he's the instigator of every bit of it, like I told you the other night. Verse 13, brother. Who hath given him a charge over the earth? Or who hath disposed the whole world? If he set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together. And man shall turn again unto dust. If now thou hast understanding, hear this. Hearken to the voice of my words. Shall even he that hateth right govern? And wilt thou condemn him that is most just? It's done every day. It's done all over this plain. Shall even he that hateth right govern? Well, you got a blue gum, a bisexual faggot, half-breed in the White House. And everybody else in any other nation's got a bunch of reprobates governing you now. Love that fruit, don't you? How do you like it? How do you like it? Hmm. Mm-mm. And wilt thou condemn him that is most just, Randy Weaver? You want me to continue on? 
many, many, many. I don't know about all the cases I'm sure that's happened over there in the U.K. Brother Brian could probably tell us about some cases where somebody was just and got condemned for doing right. Happens all the time, folks. These days especially. There's no, hey, truth's falling in the streets. Like Isaiah says, they call good evil and evil good. They call faggots fair. Oh, no offense to the fag. No offense to the whore. No offense to the transvestite. No offense to the blue guy. No offense to none of them. No, 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 no. Tolerance. Tolerance. They're going to think tolerance when that lake of fire is burning bright. But this we must go through, brethren and sisters. That's why it is so important that you internalize this book, internalize the truth of this book, and apply it in accordance with your life and your brothers and sisters. It's impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe to him by whom they come. Luke seventeen one. Verse 18, Brother David. Is it fit to say to a king, Thou art wicked, and to princes, ye are ungodly? It sure is today. Be telling the truth. Go ahead, brother. How much less to him that accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. Absolutely. Continue. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. You know, I think about sometimes how how everybody wants to strut their stuff, and how they just want to suck up every bit of worldly pleasure they can in this three score and ten not giving a, a mill of thought to eternity. And I stand amazed. I realize what the word remnant means when I think about this on a wide scale. I think about that we are the fewest as a whole. And we are the fewest of all the people upon the earth. Our people are. And out of the, out of the fewest of all the people on the earth at 7%, only a minute bunch are Bible believers today. When it used to be the reverse, that 7% or however much it was was greater, and the majority were scriptural, Bible-believing Christian, whether in by name or by in practice. How do you think all those quote-unquote steeple houses got built all over our nations? Hey, I'm not the one, Brad. I, I know what they are, okay? I know I know what they are today. They're dead. Ichabod written over the doorpost for 99.9% of them. I understand that. If I didn't believe that with all my heart, I wouldn't be here teaching and preaching to you. I'd still be in one myself. 
our people. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. But it should not be a surprise if you read Psalms and you read Exodus and Deuteronomy. If you read, if you knew the book, it shouldn't be any surprise. If you internalize it through the Spirit, you would understand. If you knew the book, there's nothing you under the sun. Human nature is human nature. Israelite nature is Israelite nature. When Brother Don says that our people as a whole can't handle prosperity, I mean every word of it. Why do I know that? Because that's what the book says. I don't care what your social studies teacher told you. I don't care what the psychology class told you. I have, I have, I've had psychology too, and abnormal psychology, and psychiatry. I understand all that crap. The reason our people don't have I'm not even talking about the, I'm not talking about the other races. I'm talking about our people. It's the sin factor. It's the pleasure principle. That's why the Lord tells you to hate the world, because that's where you get the pleasure the pleasure principle. Why does Brother Don scream about television? Because that's pumped into your face and in your ears all the time. 24-7. Why does our people, we were talking about before the program, all the invaders, why is it that our people don't rise up? They've been pumped for the last 50 years. about. They've been put down, put down, put down. Their conscience, we have a conscience to war. In Isaiah, it talks about we'd be a blessing to the world, and we have been. We have a conscience. The others don't. Anybody that's ever spent time in jail with a bunch of blue gums and specks understand what I'm talking about. Those other races... They don't feel sorry for their misgiving. They're just, they're just sad they got caught because when they get out, they go right back to doing what they did. It's our people that has the conscience. I'm talking about even the unregenerate people of our people, okay? And see, with the conscience, with the input of the Holy Spirit, that's what makes the true believer stand out above the rest. He's got a double dose. His double dose makes him love the Lord, makes him want to do right, makes him want to run the race with patience, makes him want to swing the sword. That's why it's called a new creature. Continue, Brother David. And because we have that conscience, the law is a schoolmaster to us. Because we have the conscience. (laughs) Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% correct. Okay. Verse 21. For his eyes are upon the ways of man. And he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. And that's a fact. Not the, guy, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. 
for the eyes, for his eyes, whose eyes? God's eyes. Are upon the ways of man. And he seeth all his goings. It hadn't changed a bit. Verse 22 is a good memory verse, folks. The good street preaching, verse 2. There is no darkness, nor shadow of death, where the wicked, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Be sure, as it says in the book of Proverbs, your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. See, you hide yourself in your sealed houses and you think it was... I'm telling you, folks. Continue, Brother David. There is no darkness. I just read, sorry. Verse 23. For he will not lay upon man more than right, that he should enter into judgment with God. There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is not faithful. We're not suffer you to be tempted above that. You're able, but will with the temptation. Also, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians ten thirteen goes right along with twenty three. Go ahead, brother. Verse twenty four. He shall break in pieces mighty men without number, and set others in their stead. Therefore, he knoweth their works. And he overturneth them in the night, so that they are destroyed. He striketh them as wicked men in the open sight of others. Because they turned back from him and would not consider any of his ways. So that they cause the cry of the poor to come unto him. And he heareth the cry of the afflicted. Um, he didn't hear Job's cry. There's a lot of people that he that you wouldn't think he heard their cry. How much you been in affliction, and what, or at least we all have, folks. Okay, we've all been in what we think is painful. All right, or we think is trouble, and it, it, we all have been there. And the Lord didn't answer. Didn't mean he didn't hear. See. He did answer, but he answered according to his will. His not answering is the answer, see. That's that little, remember me talking last night about that little chicken grin in the corner of your face? If you get this, if you understand what this, what I'm saying, then that chicken grin, when things are bad, then let that little grin get in the corner of your face and you and you praise the Lord anyway. That's tough. It's hard to start with. You don't want a part of it. You seem to cuss God out. I know. I've done it. Years gone by. I've been there, done that. I know what it's like. I speak from experience, folks. It's a growing period. It's a purging process. It's a journey. It's a narrow road. It's a battle. It's a race. It's a way of life for the elect. And how you handle it determines the other side. Everything that's going to go on forever determines the stuff on the other side. Like I've said, 
It's got nothing to do with you getting the other side. It's got to do with what takes place on the other side, see? Oh, uh, yes, we'll talk about that this coming Friday night. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 29, when he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hideth his face, who can, who then can behold him? Whether it be done against a nation or against a man only. Hmm. Wow. National individual. All the way back in the book of Job. Verse 30, brother. That the hypocrite, hypocrite reign not, lest the people be ensnared. Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement. I will not offend any more. <laughs> is that what you've done? If you, if you stood under the rod of God and said, Lord, I won't do this anymore. And then as the chastisement gets further and further in the past, and you do it again. Ah, yes. You better be thanking God for that grace. Better be thanking God for that grace. Because every swinging one of you has done it. Every swinging one of you, including the one talking to you, <laughs> many, many times. I won't never do that again, Lord. But you do. Father, I'm sorry again. I know I messed up. I lied, Lord. Please forgive me. And he does. And you get up and everything, go a little bit further this time. Boom, fall again. Aren't you glad he said... He, he in in um, broad terms, said 70 times 7. <laughs> he meant any time the forgiveness is asked to forgive. And then he says in another place, if you can't forgive your brother, how can your Father in heaven forgive you? We're not talking about, this got nothing to do with salvation, folks. Don't get it mixed up got to do with sonship. It's got to do with stewardship. It's got to do with reward, inheritance. got nothing to do with your state, with your standing in Christ. Nothing. That's what, they, that's what so many folks don't, don't understand out there. They don't get it because they want to put their, they want to have our hands in their eternity. And the only thing you can have your hands in eternity in is reward and inheritance. And that's it. Why? Because you didn't do anything to get the other. It was done by a perfect individual that kept the law ever jot and tittle. That's why. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 32. That which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. Should it be according to thy mind, he will recompense it, whether thou refuse or whether thou choose, and not I. <laughs> There's therefore, some free will choice. Go ahead, brother. Therefore, speak what thou knowest. Let men of understanding tell me, 
and let a wise man hearken unto me. Job hath spoken without knowledge, and his words were without wisdom. This is a young man telling this old man. He's telling these guys, Job has spoken without knowledge. He's right. He hadn't, he hadn't told a lie. He hadn't even told a vague something that was shady yet, folks. And he's speaking the truth. Job has spoken without knowledge, and his words were without wisdom. And that's absolutely correct. Even though they talked about a bunch of stuff, didn't get to the core of the issue, didn't get to the heart of the problem. Go ahead, brother. Job hath spoken without knowledge, and his words were without wisdom. My desire is that Job may be tried unto the end because of his answers for wicked men. For he addeth rebellion unto his sin. He clappeth his hands among us, and multiplieth his words against God. Absolutely true. I tried to bring some of that stuff out when Job was talking when we went through some of his discourses. Probably failed miserably, but I tried to bring that some of that stuff to light. His anger how he would go up and down. You know, in one moment you would think, oh my, he's going to repent, and then he didn't. He'd, go, he'd come out against God because he was trusting his own righteousness and not God's. Is there any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Brother Dave, do you got anything you want to add? Uh, no, no, not now. Okay. I'll keep it just a few seconds in case somebody does want to ask a question, because I know I jump out of here fast when we finish the program. What time is it, Brother David? It is 8.39. 8.39, okay. Just um, one more little place. What I was talking about to start the program with Folks, if 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 it's if it seems I don't get this, I don't get that. Don't feel bad. Turn to Second Peter chapter three, brother. Don't feel bad, folks. I, I, do what I, the Spirit of God will show you. Okay, it won't. It was confusing to the best of them. Fiction to show you this. All right, I've shown you before. Would do good if you memorized it to deal to use to memorize it so you could swing the sword. Okay. And quit letting it cut you all the time, and you cut some, you, you use it to cut some of the some of the naysayers out there. All right, starting verse fifteen, brother. So if some of you folks are having trouble understanding of what I tried to bring forth at the first of the program, I want you to listen to what Brother Peter had to say in Second Peter chapter three. Go ahead and read it, brother David. Verse fifteen, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Now watch the next part. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Thank you, brother. Continue on. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, 
unto their own destruction. Bingo. See, folks? You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't make none of that stuff up. Telling you the God's truth. And if it's hard to understand, it's fine. It's fine. Just don't be like that bunch in there. Don't 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 cloud yourself with their judgment. Okay? They rest the scriptures to their own destruction. Peter had trouble understanding some of it. In one place in Galatians chapter two, Paul had to go rebuke him to his face. Because he didn't understand. He was a hypocrite. We're, yeah, yeah, the great, the mighty prince of the apostles was a hypocrite. Yes. <laughs> he ain't nothing but a sinner saved by grace, just like I am and just like you are. He was a hypocrite. He was ashamed for some of his brethren to see him messing around with some of who his brethren thought was bad folks, see. Ah, yes. Some of you downloaders, ah, yes. Shamed. Might make you look bad. (laughs) Ah, yes. Anyway, Brother David, if you would, dismiss us in a word of prayer. And, folks, God bless you, man. We'll see all you guys, gentlemen, ladies, um, this coming Friday night. And we will start the topic with the title this is the brother Kevin this will be the title a study of the last eight chapters of Ezekiel that'll be that will be the title a study of the last eight chapters of Ezekiel got that brother Kevin yeah okay Good. That's fine. Okay, Brother Dave, if you would dismiss us in a word of prayer. And folks, Lord willing and help permitting, I will be back Friday night and we will start that series or that program and see how long it takes us. We'll try not to go too long so you'll be fresh and understanding. And Brother David, please slow me down when we go through this again. I want you to slow me down if I get too fast, okay? Okay. Okay, brother, I appreciate it. Don't forget that. And any of you in the chat room, if I get, listen, if I get too fast, slow me down. I don't mind. And Brother Kevin will break in. I want you to get it. Because I know if you get it, I won't have to repeat it again. (laughs) Okay? But I don't know if you've gotten it until you let me know you got it. If you haven't, I'll slow down. I'll slow down. Anyway, brother, go right ahead. Just miss us in a word of prayer. Father, we give you thanks that you've spoken to us tonight through the scriptures, through the book that you presented us with, and the very thing that Job wanted you supplied to your people, and we give great thanks for it. Help us to give you the glory due your name by studying your book more often, prayerfully, not coming to it thinking we understand scripture verses because we've read them a hundred times. Sure, we understand part and in part, but Lord, we ask that you would continue to show us the things the way you see them, the way that you know them, and not the ways that our mortal mind has seen things and become trapped in a narrow 
tunnel of knowledge and understanding. Let us break out of those shackles that bind our minds in the name of Jesus. Let it be so. And Father, I thank you that you work with us and speak to us today, those that who are born of the Spirit of God, those that have been transformed, that you speak to us while we're wide awake, while we're walking down the street, while we're sitting on a bus, while we're driving our car, while we're praying in our closet, when we're reading the Scriptures. You pray, you deal with us and speak to us whenever you want, and you also do it in our bed at night when we're sleeping. You can do it, and you do it all these different ways, and we're so grateful that you can do that with us because of the blood of Jesus, because of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to be quick to listen and slow to speak, to hear your voice, to hear your spirit. Help us and have mercy on us when we're not, when we go away just doing what we want to do and not just avoiding to listen to you at all. Forgive us and help us to want to repent, to always hear you, and not just hear, but incorporate what you speak and do it. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. And the contact information for Don Spears Ministry is... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Telephone number 334... 397-2339. Three nine seven two three three nine. No, That's no. Three three. No. That's two three three three. Three three four, right? Three three four. Three nine seven two three. Oh, did I say nine? I yes, did. you did. Two three three three. Sorry, two three three three. Email Joy Don nineteen fifty three at yahoo dot com. Mailing address. 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. Again, that's 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. Clio, Alabama, 36017-36017. Thanks for listening. Thank you, brother. Good job. Good job, brother Kevin. Appreciate you guys being there. God bless each and every one of you. Lord willing, we'll see you this coming Friday night. Good night, folks. Good night, all. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, brother.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.